Miller, Frank Miller, shaken and a little bit stirred. Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller, but don't tell anybody. Now every week we wander the picturesque parts of the world. Hunted by our own government, we kill nameless spies and seek our lost identity. And along the way we gather all the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets and we bring them back to you. Because (laughs) that's just the kind of people we are. Hey, the new Jason Bourne movie is coming out next week. And we're all excited about that. And it got us thinking about amnesia. Uh... Wait, what did I just say? Oh, right. Amnesia. You know, that sudden memory loss that seems to have been an epidemic on Wall Street lately? I think. Oh, for example, a couple weeks ago, the situation looked pretty dire. The May employment report came in way below expectations. It seemed possible that hiring had stalled. Worries grew that a recession could be in the works. And then the good people of the U.K. voted their way out of the European Union. Markets around the world crashed. It was the worst financial Armageddon since 2008. Even if things turned out all right, if jobs rebounded and Brexit wasn't as bad as people feared, even then the Fed was sitting in on the deck circle, waiting to raise rates just as soon as the economy could sustain the hike. Nothing was going right. And then, last week, all of a sudden, everything was fine. Stocks? Well, we'll take a closer look at those and how everyone forgot to worry last week. We'll also take a more general look at forgetting as it pertains to business. I'll get into institutional memory and the idea of corporate amnesia. And I'll also give a few examples in business history where absent-mindedness made a big difference, like millions of dollars lost just because someone forgot something. (laughs) Oops! And as always, we've got the news you need to know and some of the stories you missed from last week, as well as a preview of what to look for this week. This is the Why Was It In Your Hip edition of Offbeat Wall Street. What the hell are you doing to me? What are you doing? Look, there is a number for a bank. Why was it in your hip? Hip? Why was it in your hip? I'm a friend. I'm your friend. Huh? My name is Giancarlo. What's your name? I don't know. All right, checking headlines. Uh, the Bank of England had its first chance to react to Brexit last week. Yeah, remember Brexit? The giant intergalactic meteor of uninformed public opinion that was going to smash into the UK economy and wipe out all trade and trigger a mass extinction event throughout the world economy, kind of like Y2K. Well, the Bank of England met last week to decide their first policy action since the Brexit vote, and they basically said, meh. The consensus guess going into the announcement was that the U.K. central bank would cut rates to a new record low in order to protect the economy against any Brexit fallout. However, the bank bucked public opinion and left interest rates where they've been for the past seven years. Brexit disaster? What Brexit disaster? Well, besides all those ugly socks people were wearing with the... Never mind. Of course, taking a measured response is probably the best approach. I would suggest maybe someone should time travel that advice back a few weeks when the original Brexit vote caused an 8% panic drop in the French stock market and 12% sell-offs in places like Spain and Italy. 
All right, moving on, though, governments and central banks have held the stage on Wall Street for the past several weeks. However, corporate news is likely going to start stealing some of the spotlight. Every three months, Wall Street goes into its earnings season. Most companies release their quarterly results during the same three- to four-week period. So over the next few weeks, we're going to get reports from most of Wall Street's biggest names. That action begins to pick up last week. Aluminum producer Alcoa reported its quarterly results last week. It's not a household name in itself, but it's one of the first big-name companies to announce its results each quarter. And the fact that its name starts with an A is completely coincidental. Or is it? I don't know. But it's basically the Iowa primary of each earnings season. People mostly care just because it's first, kind of like the letter A. All right? You also get a general vibe about the economy from the Alcoa numbers. Its product is aluminum, which is used a lot in other manufactured goods. So you use Alcoa's numbers to some extent as a gauge of the industrial economy. Get it? Got it? Good. Alcoa's profit in the second quarter fell from last year, and it was hurt by a 10% drop in revenues, but the bottom line was able to come in ahead of what analysts were predicting. Alcoa's stock rose on the news, and that's a good start to the earnings season. J.P. Morgan was another big name that reported last week. The Wall Street Bank also beat projections with its second quarter results, and those revenues were boosted by higher net interest income. The better-than-expected results came even despite a weak showing in its asset management unit. Shares of J.P. Morgan got a modest bump on the news. Meanwhile, Citigroup reported a 17% drop in profits for the second quarter from last year on lower revenues. That was partly offset, though, by drops in costs of credit as well as operating expenses. However, both adjusted earnings and revenues beat analyst expectations. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed, and the guy sitting up at the counter weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that? How can I know that and not know who I am? All right, well, we all know what happens when people forget, right? I think. What did I just say? Well, well how about when companies forget? Now, we all know institutional memory is important, and that's when an organization has people on staff who know how to do stuff. You know, run the machinery, work the phone system, empty the garbage cans, whatever. It can also be knowledge of the way the company works and a feel for the company's history. Now, a recent report from the BBC raised a red flag about the state of institutional memory. Now, the basic idea is that the economy has changed in a way where employees are moving in and out of jobs more frequently. Gone are the days where people parked themselves at one company for decades or even an entire career. (laughs) Just ask Kevin Durant. The increased churn makes it difficult for companies to keep their institutional memory, hence the term corporate amnesia, I think. Right? What did I just say? Also, companies have shown growing reliance on younger workers. Now, this may be cheaper in the long run, but it robs a company of a more detailed memory of previous situations. Now, during the normal course of things, this corporate amnesia might not cause significant problems, but it does make it harder to carry through long-term projects, and it makes it a bit more difficult to respond to crises or unexpected situations. There's been an effort to push back this problem. Now, for more than 15 years, the Harvard Business Review has recommended that companies staff a chief memory officer. Some companies, like American Express, have programs where older workers tutor younger ones on their experiences. All right, so that's corporate amnesia. But what about just plain old forgetfulness? That can be a problem in business, too. A tragic example came back in 1988. 
Now, back in July of that year, it was business as usual on the oil rig Piper Alpha that was located in the North Sea between Scotland and Norway. On the night of the 6th, safety valves were removed as part of a routine maintenance. However, no one replaced it. So when the next shift came online, they tried to run machinery involving the missing valve, and that led to a massive explosion. 167 people lost their lives, and billions of dollars in equipment was destroyed. Moving on to a lighter example, take the case of uh, Anthony Carter. Now, he was a basketball player with the Miami Heat. Back in 2003, he had just completed his fourth lackluster season with the team. He was due to make $4 million the following season. All he had to do was pick up the player option included in his contract. However, his agent, well, he kind of forgot to send the team notification that Carter would be picking up the option. The deadline came and went. Oops, <laughs> the Heat declared him a free agent, and he wasn't able to get a comparable salary from another team. That agent, well, he ended up paying Carter the money he lost, but the impact of the blunder rippled across the league for the rest of the decade. With the money saved from Carter's deal, the Heat were able to sign Lamar Odom. Odom was eventually part of a trade with the Lakers that would bring Shaquille O'Neal to the Heat. The future Hall of Famer would help the team win a championship in 2006. Odom, meanwhile, well, he was an important cog in the Lakers teams that won back-to-back championships in 2009 and 2010. All that because an agent forgot to send an email. Hmm. The park is closed and they can't here nicht schlafen. All right. Zeigen Sie mir einen Ausweis. No, I, I don't. Ihre Papiere. I don't have any papers. I lost my papiere. Habe sie verloren. All right, now let's take a look at what's coming up this week. Now, we talked about how earnings season was starting to heat up on Wall Street, and this is going to continue this week. The focus on corporate news is likely to get a bit more intense as time goes on. Some of the biggest names are set to release their earnings. On the schedule are Yahoo, Netflix, Microsoft, General Motors, Starbucks, AT&T, and IBM. It's also a particularly big week for financial companies. Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, American Express, and Bank of America are all set to release their results. Now, with all the heavy earnings artillery set to be fired at the markets next week, one interesting report might not get the attention it deserves. Yeah, poor Chipotle is set to announce results next week as well. The burrito chain has been plagued with ongoing food safety concerns. On top of this, the company generally has had a weird couple of weeks recently. Much of the latest stuff happened after the quarter ended. But executives might still weigh in on some recent headlines when the earnings are released. So let's review Chipotle's July so far. Back on the 1st, the company launched its new loyalty program. That's good. Then the company's chief marketing officer was arrested on cocaine-related charges. Okay, that's bad. But then reports surface that the company may get into the burger business. All right, we'll be generous and call that kind of good. However, those were reports that were quickly followed by this. Author Eric Van Lusblader, the current writer of the Jason Bourne novels, tweeted that his editor got sick after eating at one of Chipotle's Manhattan restaurants. Ooh, yeah, that sent Chipotle shares down more than 2%, and the company is set to release its results on Thursday. Although I do have to admit, Chipotle's chips are pretty good. All right, leaving the world of business and burritos for a little bit. Politics are going to be in the spotlight next week as well. As we all know, the Republican National Convention kicks off in Cleveland on Monday. The event runs through Thursday, culminating in what we assume will be Donald Trump's acceptance speech, although there's apparently an increasingly desperate Stop Trump effort still out there. But barring anything unprecedented, there's not going to be that much that Wall Street will care about. Traders may try to read the tone of the convention speeches and what it's likely to mean for business. But what Wall Street is really going to care about is housing. Yeah, the housing market's going to be in focus next week because there's a few closely watched reports about that sector which will be released. Monday, we'll see the release of the 
latest reading for the Housing Market Index. That survey is conducted by the National Association of Home Builders. It measures sentiment in the industry. High confidence could point to healthy sales down the road. Now, another forward-looking stat is set for release Tuesday. The government announces its Housing Starts report for June, and that looks at new housing projects that have been started. On Thursday, the National Association of Realtors releases its data on sales of previously owned homes, and that figure is known as existing home sales. Go figure. This represents the largest part of the housing industry, and it's much bigger than the section that was covered by the new home sales report. All right, now and then we like to wander off the beaten track a little bit, so let's take a look at some of the money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Time now for our quick hits. All right, Steinway is making a big push into China. According to a story in the New York Times, the iconic piano maker is taking steps to boost its sales in the most populous country. The communist nation has a cultural history of dismissing pianos as bourgeois, but Steinway is going to try to exploit the country's growing middle class by creating more pianists. Okay? Here's a story about a bug that really is a bug. The Navy is working on engineering a type of locust that'll be able to sniff out bombs. Yeah, a report in court says the Navy has been awarded a grant to create locusts that can detect the presence of bomb material. The goal is to have a prototype in a year and have the bug ready to go within two years. I'll remember to keep my spray handy. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to just be yourself around the cool new kids. You know, Microsoft learned that the hard way. Yeah, the software giant, as we all know, that has a reputation for being ultimately cool. They've been uh, forced to apologize for an email sent to interns that was obviously written by someone with a well-used Urban Dictionary tab. Yeah, according to an article in The Consumerist, the email called for Bay interns to join the recruiter's crew for a hang that included Helenoms and lots of dranks. Uh, Okay, the spokesman eventually apologized for the email, saying that, quote, we're looking into how this occurred and we'll take appropriate steps to address it, unquote. I'm thinking they had a few too many drinks. If I'm even reading this right, I gotta refresh my Urban Dictionary tab. All right, thanks everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. And hey, if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. You know, there's nothing wrong with kind of cohabitating in today's progressive environment. But eventually, you know, we kind of want to make the commitment. And, you know, I want to know that you're faithful to me. And I'm always going to be faithful to you. So uh, why not go seal the deal? Go to iTunes, subscribe, and then uh, we can live happily ever after. And hey, while you're there, why not go ahead and rate and review the show as well? Good ratings help other people discover the show. So it is very helpful. Also, let all your friends know and if you don't want to we'll let all your friends know make sure you visit our website at offbeatwallstreet.com that's starting to come a little bit more together still a little bit of work left to be done where a couple of the shingles need to be uh, tagged down a little bit uh, the, the lawn is starting to come in got to put a little bit more fertilizer down but other than that there's lots of great content you can check out throughout the week at offbeatwallstreet.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet.com, and that's spelled street like S-T on a street sign. And, of course, a shout-out to the Big BS. Yeah, he's the one that writes uh, some of the scripts and co-produces the podcast. We couldn't do it without his help. Thank you to the Big BS Brian Stewart back at RTT News. Also, thanks to our other friends at RTT News. They provide a lot of the news and stats that we use in the show. So if you want up-to-date info on the markets, or if you want to go back a couple of years and find some out-of-date info on the markets, hey, it's all there at rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, I just want to remind you that, hey, no matter how bad your memory gets, don't start doubting yourself. And watch out for those really tricky job interview questions. Who has a safety deposit box full of money and six passports and a gun.
Who has a bank account number in their hip? Have a great week, everybody.